Welcome to Broadway's Backbone with Brad Bradley, a podcast dedicated to the men and women of the ensemble, the chorus of singers, dancers, and actors that are the foundation of every Broadway show, well, actually, every musical. These often unsung gypsies are the hardest working people on the board and are basically, well, Broadway's backbone. Tonight's special guest is Neil Haskell. Welcome, Neil, to Broadway's Backbone. How are you? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. So uh, I'm going to start this by reading your credits, and we'll go from there. Sure. So uh, on Broadway, we have Times Are Changing, and then uh, you went to Alter Boys Off-Broadway, 9 to 5 on Broadway, the West Side, Tory, West Side Story First National Tour, Bring It On, you did the tour, and then came into Broadway, mm-hmm. and then you also uh, did Cinderella on Broadway. Yeah. So tell me about yourself, how you got started dancing, and uh, your dreams as a kid. Uh, <clears throat> well, I started dancing when I was five. Um, started in like a little tots class. It was like half tap, half ballet. Um, and I just sort of like followed, um, followed one of my friends there. Um, I knew she was taking dance class. And so me and my brother wanted to take class with her and we did. And, um, that's the studio I ended up staying at my whole, until my whole career, until I was like 18 years old, you know, it was a little, uh, competition studio in Buffalo called David E. Marie. And uh, it was it, it yeah it was it was a great it was a great school it's a great environment too. So you talked about not wanting to wear <clears throat> uh, dance pants or jazz pants oh, when you were a God. kid. Jazz pants are the pits. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I think I think jazz pants as like as a kid were one of the things that made me almost quit dance. If I didn't if I didn't like if I didn't enjoy like the company of like the girls in the class and everything like that, I probably would have quit just because of dance, jazz pants. Those are the worst. And they were even worse back in like like the late 90s. They were they were like uh they they like were the spandex? Yeah, they were like huggers. <laughs> like they like, yeah, no, like oh man. You can't make kid, you can't make young young kids do that. That's the worst. That's well, some, the worst I mean, thing some kids do. like that. I'm sure they do. I mean, were you teased for uh, <laughs> wearing jazz pants? Were you teased at all for being a dancer? Um, here and there, um, not for wearing jazz pants because I just refused. But, um, but what did you actually wear then? Uh, I ended up wearing a lot of like just black dress pants. Um, we found like really stretchy ones, and then like just different costume, not so tight, jazz pants. Oh God! <laughs> so uh, you were teased uh, a little bit. Um, it was. It wasn't too. It wasn't. It wasn't too bad. I hear other people's stories and how like they used to go home crying and everything, but it wasn't that bad because everybody. I think growing up through elementary school, everybody knew that I was a gymnast, and that was like my first thing. And I was like, I was, I was a very good gymnast at, at that age. Um, competing at, like, states and regionals and stuff. And so when I was, like, going to dance class and everything, I think everybody just figured it was gymnastics or something, so right. they didn't care. And then in middle school, it was, like, a little... There was a little bit of teasing, but I was very athletic, and I played a lot of sports, so that sort of got wiped away. And then in high school, we ended up performing... Um, there were a lot of girls in my dance class who also went to my high school, and we ended up performing a hip-hop dance at uh, one of the events homecoming week, during homecoming week, and it's sort of like, and I was a freshman that year, and all like the juniors and the senior guys and like everything, like everybody was like, oh man, that was so cool. You got to dance up there with all those girls and you did hip hop. And it's sort of like, 
like that. I mean, that's like three weeks into my high school career, and it sort of like, just sort of like, eased the playing field a little bit, you wow. know? Like, yeah. So you was, were cool for being a dancer. In a, sense. In, a, in a sense, and my sister was, my older sister was in high school too, and she was friends with all these guys, so everybody just thought it was like really cool. But my school was funny in that way. It was um, like doing musicals at my high school. I think I did three of them. I don't think I did it freshman year, but senior through senior, or sophomore through senior year, uh, I did like three musicals there. I was in the ensemble because I, I don't know, I didn't like think I really actually even wanted to do it. But, um, they pretty much got the whole guys' soccer team to be in the musical. Like, all the guys in the musical were, like, the whole soccer team and uh, a bunch of different things because one of the co-directors was the guy's soccer coach. And so we would have so much fun. And, like, you know, these guys are super athletic. So, like, the choreo, they they loved learning how to dance, but then we would just throw in, like, fun tricks and backflips and everything. So it actually made it, like, kind of cool to do because we were doing, like, we were doing like uh, I think the the best year was when we did Grease because like we were just a bunch of jerks on stage <laughs> messing around with people you know oh where where was this that you grew up in Clarence New York oh Clarence, it's like New York. yeah it's like a suburb outside of Buffalo oh all right yeah. all right you always wear that Buffalo hat yes I do you love that Buffalo go Bills hat. so I know for me when I was a dancer uh, I was called gay all the time mm-hmm. uh, but I grew up and I am gay so I mean. As you are a straight man in the dancer's world. Mm-hmm. Were you called gay all the time? Or uh, not really? Sounds, uh, well, I mean, like... a bunch. I mean, yeah. I was. There were definitely the, the jerks who definitely did that. But I think my sister threatened to beat some people up and stuff like that. <laughs> so it's, it, it was, it, there was enough, like, there were enough, like, good people around to just sort of put a damper on that, which well, was nice. Well, yeah. that, I think that that's great. Well, you're also, you're still comfortable with your heterosexuality, but not in an obnoxious way. You're sure. like a cool straight guy. But how is it to be around, I mean, a lot of gay men at all time in musical theater? And you jokingly were like, I'm the token. I like being the token. <laughs> but I mean, it is, you know, it is a lot of, there could be a lot of that. It's fine. I mean, it. it I, I grew, I mean, growing up, I grew up dancing with all girls and you dance and then you meet guys and here and there and everything and it's just it's nice to have other guys around while you're performing you know it's it's like the gay or straight there's still like that like masculinity to and like power to like dancing in like a group of like eight guys and you it's you sort of like can like drive off each other gay straight whatever it doesn't matter you know Oh, but, absolutely. Um, but it's cool, and plus, I like I like messing with people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Dance, monkey, dance. Uh, but you also you break the mold in a lot of ways when it comes to like a, a straight man in musical theater because you're not a cad. You're actually a really nice guy, and some oh, uh, thanks, dude. No, you are, and I mean, most guys in musical theater <clears throat> like sleep through the chorus and stuff like that. I mean, what is it? I mean, the female chorus. Sure. Well, was it, I mean, how, how do you get to be such a, a good guy in this world without, you know I mean, getting to be like that straight man slut? I mean, I think it was just the way my parents raised me, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Like, you can, I mean, obviously you're going to make your own choices in life, but I just, I was never comfortable being that guy because I think I'm so awkward when it comes, like, if, if I'm going to, if I'm going to hook up with somebody and then see them the next day I'm not gonna like treat them like crap you know and like go and sleep with the girl next next to her you know what I mean and because I'm I'm very awkward in that situation so I I try not to put myself into a situation like that I think that's kind of what it is it might be just like a 
I don't know. You just don't want to hurt people either. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I would never <clears throat> find you being awkward. No. <laughs> like, you seem like you could fit in in any situation. Sure. You know, but how much of that is an act and how much of it is, is actually you? You're just such an easygoing guy. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, I think I was, I've definitely had more tense periods in my life when, you know, things don't go so well or just things aren't lining up right. But I feel like right now I'm just in like a very good place. I'm back in New York. Um, I was living in LA for a bit, but I'm back in New York and I'm really happy. And I just, I don't know. So I, I, I let things roll off really easily. Even if somebody says something like a little off color, I'll just... I'll hold on to that for a bit and then throw something at them later as a joke and then just see how they react. And, you know, you just, nobody really means to be a jerk, you know what I mean? And when people, if, let's say if somebody says something to you right before you go on stage or right after you come off stage, like, oh, you shouldn't have done that, you know what I mean? Um, it's, you, those are the kind of things you're like, okay, so why are they saying that? And then you take into account what maybe what their day has been like and all that. So nobody really means to be a bad person. And, you know, if, if somebody's saying stuff like that to you, you can sneak in one or two to them and see, see if it rolls off them as well. And then if that happens, you know, you can, you, can, you can play with that, you know. It can be a little, you're dynamic with that person, you know. So, I mean, it's just, you have to treat everybody as a unique entity and just, you know, feel people out, see how much they can dish, see how much they can take. And that's sort of the fun about theater. I feel like a lot of people, <clears throat> as opposed to working in nine to five and corporate and all that stuff, I feel like a lot of people are more open to uh, joking around and, and more inappropriate things, which would be inappropriate in like a corporate world. But it's just, it's just a more free artistic world world and you don't have to be scared of saying the wrong thing and if you do say the wrong thing you apologize right but i feel like in most in most of the shows i've done you just you say you say what you need to say when it's on your mind and if if it causes a problem then then you work through it but you know most i feel like it's a very artistic community and everybody's very open to what everybody has to say and yeah there'll be a jerk or two in each cast but Everybody, everybody likes jokes, so oh, absolutely. I, can, yeah, I like throwing jokes at people. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, one of the best things about <clears throat> watching you dance is you dance with such confidence. Do you feel that you have that confidence all the time, or is it just when you dance? Is it uh, in other aspects of your life? Because that is, there's such a, and it's not, it's not cocky. It's confidence. You know what I mean? Sure. There's a difference, <clears throat> and it's it's really riveting when they're watching you. Thanks, dude. Sure. Um, no, I think whenever I'm doing anything physical, whether it be dancing or sports or really whatever I feel like that's when I'm like really uh able to hold my own against a lot of other people because I don't know I feel like I know my body very well I know if something if something's tweaked or if something hurts I know how to you know lean into something else without hurting myself and I just think physically I just I because of the training and the way I I was able to get to know my body very well growing up that I, I just think it's, I don't know, it's just, it's just, it's fun to move. And I think that's where the confidence comes from. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that all made sense. No, absolutely. <clears throat> so after, after high school mm -hmm. uh, and all that training, what led you, what was your next path? Did you go to college? I or? did. I went to Point Park University um, in Pittsburgh. I, I went there as like a, a dance major, um, focusing in jazz and a little bit of ballet. 
Um, <clears throat> and uh, I ended up, my, my freshman year there was fantastic. I was getting ready to um, to go back for my sophomore year. And throughout the, that process, starting in like, <sighs> I'd say actually in April of that year, of my freshman year, um, me and a few friends from college drove to Dayton, Ohio, where the Moving Out tour was. And they were actually holding auditions for the tour <clears throat> in Dayton. And so a bunch of us drove there. And uh, um, there was a casting director from, I think she was working at Bender at the time. It was uh, Megan. Um, and she was there. And um, one of the original cast members of Moving Out was there. And they were leading the audition. And uh, I made it to the end. And there were like three guys left. And then afterwards, they came up to me and they were like, well, uh, like who who are you? What's your name? Why are you in Dayton, Ohio? <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to school in Pittsburgh. And they're like, oh, that's cool. And they were like, do you flip? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I definitely flip. Of course I flip. And um, of course I flip. Of course I flip. <laughs> of course I flip. Um, and I'm like, that's cool. Um, Twyla Tharp is actually um, choreographing a new show for Broadway right now, um, and we we want to bring you in for it. And so I think. Probably right in May, right after school ended, I went. I flew to New York for a day, and I walk into Alvin Ailey. I kn- I've, I've never been to New York on my own, really. And I, I hop off the train where somebody tells me to walk off, and I walk over to Alvin Ailey Studios, and um, and at 9 or 10 a.m., <clears throat> I walk into one of the dance studios, and in there is a pianist, Twyla Tharp, and this guy, Charlie Hodges. And... So I go in there, I start stretching. I was like, hi, I'm Neil. She's like, and she was like, sort of like eyeing me up or whatever. I don't know. Um, but so I auditioned for Twyla one-on-one. Oh my gosh. I'm, oh yeah. But I didn't think it was one-on-one because Charlie, who was her assistant and who was in the show, um, he was like playing my games with me. He made it seem like it was me and him auditioning for Twyla. And he was... <laughs> I felt like he was like messing with me throughout the whole thing, <laughs> just to like test to see like where yeah. where I was at. But I I honestly thought it was like like there was a job available and it was between me and this guy who was one of the best dancers I've ever seen in my entire life. And so I'm there for an hour one on one with Twyla and Charlie, and we do this and and then all of a sudden she's like, okay, uh, so for the next two or three hours we're bringing in like the non equity. Um, uh, like eight guys to come and audition as well. And at that time I had my equity card because I worked at Pittsburgh CLO that summer. Um, And uh, and so there are eight guys and me in the room and we're learning a bunch of the same combos. Um, We're probably in there for two hours. Mind you, I hadn't even eaten yet today because I was so nervous. And uh, and at the end of that, Twyla comes up to me. She's like, okay, that was really good. Um, Would you mind staying around for the next two or three hours as well? We're going to bring in like eight more equity dancers male dancers and i was like yeah sure why not <clears throat> and uh so i do like the same three combos i do all this stuff and it was probably from 9 a.m until 6 p.m i was in the room with twilight art i did a solo audition i did two different group auditions and then like some partnering lisa guy was actually um in the room at one point oh wow yeah and that was the first time I had ever seen her. And I was like, oh, this girl's funky. Um, <laughs> she had like crazy red hair and highlights. And I don't know. She was doing four rolls everywhere. I don't know. Um, but so anyway, um, so I fly in an audition for that. Over the next 
two, three months over the summer, I end up flying back to New York maybe six or seven times. I know. And it's always, like... it's Always on your dime? Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, of course. Um, and <laughs> I would always buy my flight there, and then I would never buy a return flight or anything like that. Um, I would just take the bus home when I was done, because I wouldn't... I, I don't know if they're going to ask me to stay for another day or whatever, you know. So I'd always just take the bus home overnight, the Greyhound, eight hours on the Greyhound, why not? Um, my final audition, I sh- uh, and they're like, all right, you're going to go to uh, Twyla's apartment. And I was like, what? What's happening? Why am I going to, tw- why am I going to this woman's apartment? <laughs> is this what Broadway is? What do I have to do? <laughs> And I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> um, but I get there, and uh, there's like four or five other people there, and um, she has a little dance studio in her apartment, and she was she comes up to me. She's like, okay, at this point, you got to know, th- th- you, this isn't an audition anymore. You're just you're just here. You're just rehearsing. I don't know. And we're building uh, we're building uh, like a warm up for the show. And I was like, okay, this is cool. Like in my head, I was like, ooh, did I book it? What happened? <laughs> And so for the next two hours, we're in Twyla's apartment and we're dancing and creating this warm up or whatever, and we're all just bumping around. And uh, um, and then everybody else leaves, and she keeps me there. And she's like, "Okay," um, and she like put me through the ringer. She's like, "Can you do an aerial?" And I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "Okay, now can you do it on the left side?" And I was like, "Okay," and I went for it and I did it. <clears throat> and then she was like, "Can you do a front aerial?" And I was like. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'd never done one before in my life until that moment. Um, I had to, like, hold a handstand for a minute. Like, all, like she was just like, what can you do? And she was, like, trying to find things that, I, like... How old were you? 19. Oh, my gosh. Um, <clears throat> and so... It, 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 like, it was just crazy. There were, I probably had seven or eight auditions for this show. And then I didn't hear a word. And so I'm buying um, all my school supplies to go back to sophomore year of college. And uh, I'm supposed to go there on Friday or Saturday or whatever. And on Monday, um, somebody from Binder Casting calls and they're like, hey, so we, you, you're hired to do this. Um, they just had an injury and they, they needed somebody. And yeah, so like even through all these auditions, I don't even know if there was a spot. Uh. But, <laughs> but there was an injury and they needed somebody to come in. And, um, and they're like, can you be here tomorrow? And I was like, uh, I, don't, I don't know, I have to call my parents. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think, I think I called them back, and I was like, well, can I, what about, how about Wednesday? And I, because, you know, I was moving to New York the very next, I don't know. Yeah. In my head, that made sense. And they were like, oh, okay, when, sure, Wednesday. Who's this kid? <laughs> um, and so I ended up moving to New York two days later, and uh, I got in at like 7 or 8 a.m., took the early flight. 7 or 8 a.m. on my dime, obviously. Of course. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I, dropped my friend, I dropped my bags off my friend's work and went to a costume fitting and then took a cab up to Harlem where rehearsals were and uh, jumped into rehearsals that day. We rehearsed for a month and then we previewed for a month and then we opened to not so outstanding reviews. What was the name of the show? Uh, it was called The Times They Are Changing. Yes. We opened to not even like not outstanding reviews. Like people were confused at seeing the show. Like I when I when I saw it for the first time in the rehearsals when they were doing a run through, I was like, oh my god, this is so cool. And I thought it was fantastic. It was so artistic and all this stuff. Right. And like 
my 19 year old brain got it like i got it but uh it it yeah it it flopped we we closed in three weeks and that was the show that brought me to new york and i was like oh god what and i just signed like a lease on an apartment Mind you, my, my rent was like 600 bucks a month, so it wasn't even that crazy. But How'd you find that? <clears throat> That's a different story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. It, oh, my God. This place was a, a, a hole. Like, it was it was awful. Oh. I, I killed cockroaches and mice. I caught mice with, I had like a plastic bag around my hand. I would scoop them up off the ground and then, like, take them out to the street. That was that was why I was paying $600. It was on 10th Avenue, right in Midtown, too. Wow. Fifth, it was a fifth floor walk up. And my two roommates, they shared a bedroom with bunk beds, and they each paid like five hundred. So I think that's why. But oh, it was a, oh my god, it was the worst. The worst. <clears throat> and then you were sadly. I mean, you. It must have been weird because you're excited because you're making your Broadway debut, mm-hmm. and then disappointed because it is a flop. Yeah, but in my head, I was like, oh, well, I, I already booked. I'm already. I've already been on Broadway. I'll be on Broadway forever. Yeah, oh. you know, in my head I was like, "Yeah, oh, this is gonna be so easy." Oh no, absolutely. And then my first show was a flop, and I was like, "Oh, what the hell is coming <laughs> to my life?" But you're like, "Oh, I already have the Broadway credit. I, there's right. no way anybody will overlook me now." And then yeah, I went that whole next winter because I didn't know like a ton about the business in the sense of like auditioning properly and all that stuff, you know? Because this these auditions were so like were so un out of the ordinary that. Like going in and like going into Telsey and auditioning with the, you know your songbook and all that sort of like these are stuff that you know I didn't go to school long enough to learn that stuff and so I was just like I was just winging it and obviously I wasn't booking anything so it was a very odd winter it was a very sad winter but oh no I've had that <clears throat> I almost went back winters. to school in January um, and then I don't know something I don't know something kept me in New York I think it was the fact of not being in school. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And now did Alter Boys come next or is that the, or did uh, something else? No, that's when I did, uh, the, that I went and auditioned for So You Think You Can Dance um, in like February. Well, and, this is cookie time for me because oh, I actually do don't know this story. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I think just the fact that you're on So You Think You Can Dance is really awesome. Oh, so, uh, Neil brought cookies. Yes, so, did. I'm going to eat cookies as you tell this awesome part of your life. Okay. So, uh, it was recommended by, I assume, my, I think my mom was like, you got to do this. And I'd never really watched the show. And so I went to the audition. Um, and uh, it was down on 34th Street. And I waited outside. I got there at like, uh, I don't know, like 2 or 3 a.m. And uh, it was like, there was like a whole line of people. And it was cold and we were bored. And so me and my buddy went and got a six pack and hung out and hung out with all the people in line. Because, <laughs> I mean, we, the, the audition wasn't until, what, 11 a.m. the next day. So we're in line at 3 a.m. not sleeping. It was crazy. It was bananas. So anyway, we go through and we do, like, pre-screening with the producers and all that stuff. And then we have to go, I have to go back a following day to finally dance a solo for, like, Nigel and Mary Murphy and all them. And, um, and I ended up auditioning. My solo wasn't, like, that great. Um, it was a solo that I used uh, for competition in high school, but I hadn't really done it since high school. And so I was, like, sort of, like, just fluffing through it. Um, so then I had to stay for the choreography round. All that. It's, like, a long audition process all day. Um, got a ticket to Vegas. Went to Vegas. It was great. It was, like, a week, week-long, like, learn this choreo intensive thing, and, like, people were being sent home. And... Uh, 
like my roommate went home on the first day and I was like, oh, well, this is weird because I don't know anybody here. And I thought I was going to have like a wingman. So I didn't really make any friends there, which was crazy because I was so like quiet and timid and all these people had already known each other and everybody else there was, everybody else there looked so cool. Like everybody at these auditions was like the coolest person in the room. So it was like 500 of the coolest people and then me who was like nervous and timid and like trying to be a cool person. I don't know. Um, uh, On the final day there, we had to take like these psychiatric tests. We had to, yeah, we had to take like a 600 question yes or no test. They, they like tested our blood. They tested a lot of things. They asked us questions. We had to talk to two psychiatrists. Like they wanted to just get inside our heads and see if we were going to do anything crazy on TV basically. Mm. Um, And that day also happened to be my 20th birthday. And it was the saddest happy birthday I had ever had sung to me. Because like I said, nobody knew me. And it was down, there were like, there were like 40, 45, 45 of us there. And somebody got word that it was my birthday. And all of a sudden this birthday song starts singing. And when it gets to the name part, it was like, happy birthday, dear. And then everybody was like, Nesnos. I was like, oh, man. It was like, I think it was more embarrassing for me than it was for everybody else in that room. Like, have you ever had people sing you a birthday song and nobody in the room knows your name? I have not. That happened. <laughs> that happened. <laughs> so that was fun. <laughs> um... So anyway, apparently I answered enough of those yes and no questions um, uh, in like the least type of crazy way. So I made it onto the show and uh, and they didn't think I was going to do anything crazy, which was nice. Um, and yeah, the show was cool. We, we filmed in L.A. Um, they put us up in these like really cool apartments and it was like they made us feel like we were like really cool stars. But then they'd all cram us into like these big giant white conversion vans and we're like, this is, this is hood. I don't know. Um, <laughs> But it was cool. I I wasn't even sure what I really wanted out of the show at first. Because, um, again, I had never seen it. I didn't really know what it was all about. And for the first couple of weeks, I was just sort of like, you know, like sort of happy to be there. But like also sort of like trying to figure out why I was there. I don't know. Whatever. And then I almost went home like the third or fourth week. I was in the bottom. And I was like, oh, crap. I got to like. I don't want to go home. I realized that I didn't want to go home. And I was like, okay, I guess I really do want to be here. And I sort of started to like really invest more and more time into it each week and all that sort of stuff. And it it really paid off. I ended up uh, going through and making it to the finale, which was the last four people. And uh, um, finale week was crazy. We, We had to do four dances plus a group dance and all this other stuff. And, it was, it was exhausting, but it was it was really cool. Um, didn't go as well as I hoped. I ended up getting third. I mean, I, at that point, it's just whoever the audience favorites are and all that stuff anyway. Um, but but third's amazing. Yeah, no, it was very... I, I, I was, yeah, I was yes. super happy. With well, it. I know, of course cool. you would want... I mean, like, you would want cool. to be first, but it just, you know, third yeah. is amazing still. When I was auditioning, my goal was to... The only thing I knew was that the finale had four people, and I was like, oh, that's my goal. I'll, I'll make it to the finale. And it, it worked. And I wasn't like, I never would have like said that out loud during the process because I'd never, because after I'm around all these people, I'm like, oh, these people are really good. Like these are some incredible, everybody was so incredible in their own styles and everything. But um, yeah, it just, it, I think the show 
like the interview process of like uh, when they like they if you haven't seen the show it's they they do like a interview package before the dance and a lot of the times you get to be like really goofy and everything mm-hmm. and that's that's sort of what it led to and I you know I really got to show like a really goofy side of my personality and it was Side. fun and <laughs> the whole part right, I got to show my personality <laughs> and uh, yeah I think it really like that sort of thing really lent itself to me and it really I think it really helped because I knew I wasn't the best dancer there I was dancing with you know Danny Tidwell who was one of the he was he was one of the best like dancers of our generation growing up um, and then all these incredible uh, b-boys and um and ballroom dancers and all it was just so many amazing people and i knew i wasn't even the best in my style there which was which was crazy um but it 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 worked out you know um i ended up getting third danny ended up coming in second which i think made sense because had i beaten danny i think it would have been like i think people would have given me a lot of side eye in the in the industry because like people are like no, Dan, everybody knew that Danny Tidwell was the best dancer that season. It was hands down he was the best dancer. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I would have loved to have win, but had I won, that would have mean I would have had to beat Danny Tidwell, and that would have been like very it was rigged. No, it wouldn't have been rigged. It would have been like people would have just been like, "Oh, this guy thinks he's so." You know, it. It. I think coming in third made me put me in a very good spot where I could, you know, be like you made it that far, but you also, it made sense. I don't know. It, third place just made sense. I, I thought at that point, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so did this launch your career into a different level or what did it? Yeah. It gave, I mean, it, it gave me a lot of visibility in, in this and everything. And, you know, I had already done times are changing in New York. So I, I went back to New York when I was done. Uh, we went on tour for a bit. Um, and it's sort of like, it helped me, it helped me like, get into a lot of doors I wasn't mm. probably even supposed to get into at, at that point in my career. Um, uh, I ended up filming a movie for MTV right after that, which was like, it was like a musical movie, kind of like, kind of like high school musical, same producers and all that stuff, which was really cool. Um, and then I got back to New York and then I auditioned for Alter Boys. And I hadn't like, I trained in singing growing up in, you know, in like very in a very choral sense, I did chorale and all that sort of stuff, growing up. But I had never done like a pop musical or anything, and I didn't think it was possible. So I, I think I actually skipped the first audition, and then they were having calls later on, and my buddy, my buddy Josh was like, "Dude, you gotta go, you gotta go, man, you gotta go." <laughs> and uh, I was like, "Okay, okay, okay." He was like, "Yeah, you can do it." And it was weird because he was going in for the same part, um, and ended up, I ended up booking it. That's a good friend. Yeah, no, yeah. He, I mean, he ended up going off and doing, like, having a... I think he went on, like, the South Pacific tour or something. Oh. So he, he booked right. probably an even higher paying job. <laughs> but still, I mean... <laughs> and he's, he's... I mean, he's incredible, too. I knew him because we worked at Pittsburgh CLO together. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, it was... Uh, it, I think it got me into doors that I wasn't really s- supposed to go into yet or even that I wasn't even ready for, which sometimes can't be a good thing, but... Um, I think with Alter Boys, it really like solidified that I really love to do this uh, musicals and everything like that. And I actually did Alter Boys for about a year um, in New York, which was which was really really fun. I played the role of Luke, which was like 
the cool like ex stoner who was always exhausted from <laughs> from not not drinking. I don't know. They, they didn't mention why he was exhausted, but obviously right. it was it was a play on like the Lindsay Lohan oh, and like the 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 pop stars of the day who would be on tour and they'd be like, I can't have a show tonight. I'm exhausted. And they're like, No, you're hungover. That's right. <laughs> so that was sort of like the the idea of the character. Oh mm-hmm. no, that's great. And that was a long, uh, I mean, a long run for you. I mean, after times were changing, you had uh-huh. this yeah three weeks. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, it was. I think I, I think I did it for like fifty one weeks. I never made it to the fifty two week point, which was crazy because I ended up um, right near the end. I, I booked um, nine to five because they had just um, uh, let somebody go from the ensemble, and it was a week or two before the previews were starting. And with the way the contracts work for Off-Broadway, I had a nine-day out with Alter Boys. Oh, wow. And so I auditioned for... Yeah, no, I know. I, I didn't even know that was a thing until it came up. Um, I auditioned for 9 to 5 because they let somebody go the night before. And then the following day at, like, 11 o'clock, I show up and audition. It's just me and one other guy, which always seems to happen. It's weird. Yeah. Was, um, he, was he, this other guy messing with you? Or was he... <laughs> <laughs> no, he was actually auditioning. Oh, okay. Um... And it was me, one of the guy, and Andy Blankenbuehler was choreographing it, obviously. And I think Bernie Telsey was in the room as well, which was really cool. Um, and um, I think they were like, all right, cool. At the end of the audition, they came out to me in the hallway. And they're like, okay, so you need to go to the theater, meet Joe Mantello. And can you start rehearsal at one thirty? And I was like, uh, yeah, I think so. I, I'm in another show, but I think I can. Like, yeah, you'd just be there from, like, one thirty or 2 until 6, and then you can do your other show at night. And I was like, oh, my God. And so I started 9 to 5 in in tech. My first rehearsal was in tech. Wow. Yeah, so it was great. Like every And every, I think the whole cast was sort of, like, taken aback for a second because they had just let go somebody in the cast because of other things that had happened or whatever. And so I think the cast was sort of like taken aback for a second. Like, why is this new kid here? And why is he here so soon? And all like, it was very, it was a little weird, but they were, they warmed up so fast. I mean, they warmed up that day. It was, they right. had nothing to do with me. They were just sort of shocked by the situation. Um, and so I started learning it in tech and then I would rehearse in the morning from like 10 to one at the studio and then go and tech that stuff in costume at night. And, and then after that, I'd go and do Alter Boys. I'd do that show from eight to ten or whatever. So the schedule was pretty. The schedule was pretty full, but it was it was a really cool situation. And so for nine days, I was doing both shows. Um, and then I think maybe five days after I stopped doing Alter Boys, was our first preview at nine to five. You just realized you said nine days and then five days for nine to five. Ah, look at that. Look at that. But um. But your body type and your style seems like it fits Andy's very well. Did you like have a great fit with that him? Yeah, I, I I mean I love doing Andy's choreography because it's so um, it's so precise, but you can also like flow through everything. Like it's it's very pedestrian, which I love, and I like that he always works or he works a lot in a parallel position, which mm. like you know classical ballet is very turned out. And Andy, with Andy, you either he either wants you to be like very turned out. Or perfectly parallel. There's no in between with mm-hmm. him because it's a. It, he thinks it's a weak position. Um, so I learned how to like you know how to feel what parallel actually feels like, which is a very for a lot of dancers that's a very new thing to. The, it's a very foreign thing to their body. <clears throat> um, but yeah, no, with Andy it was, it was fantastic. I had done like a little like uh, 
benefit concert with him six week or six months prior to this, and that's the only reason I knew him because he saw me on So You Think. And uh, he was like, "Oh, I'd like to see if I enjoy working with this kid." So I did like a benefit concert with him for a week or two, and that led to getting the audition for Nine to Five. That's why it was just me and one other person, you know. Um, but yeah, no, I I love doing Andy's stuff. He's he's always so. It's always so. Uh, based on the storytelling you know and you always you're doing the movement for a reason yeah and yeah no i love it i mean i was andy and i were in a course together so really i, I love like i love oh, him man, and i've worked so with him cool. since so it was fun to like the camaraderie of seeing someone you just hung out with in the dressing room yeah so mm-hmm. nine to five i actually saw it i think i saw it in previews mm-hmm. and i really liked it i mean it's i'm biased fun. because i uh like andy's choreography sure. but um, it ended up being another semi-flop. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it lasted for eight or nine months, but I didn't last that long. Right, so that was my next question. <laughs> Unfortunately, this happens a lot with dancers. I mean, this, I mean, 9 to 5 ended up being an injury show for you. Now, yeah. What was that experience? I mean, it's uh, It was crazy. You know, it was, it was absolutely crazy. I did four weeks of previews with it, and then we opened, and a week later... It was like a Friday night or whatever. Um, I had some friends in the audience. Everything was going really well. We opened up the second act with this like really fast dancing, and I sprint across the stage. And I put my hand down to go into this, you know, really cool slow motion part. It was like a you know classic Andy move, and my feet just slid out from underneath me, and I fall to the stage, and my arms extended up like next to my ear, and I crash into the stage, and my shoulder just pops out of the socket, and I dislocate my shoulder on stage a week into this run and um i was supposed to only be on stage for another like eight counts before i run off and do a quick change into like the big guy dance of the second act and um my dance partner i'm supposed to do a lift and then run off stage and my dance partner she apparently like ran towards the front of the stage where we're supposed to do it and i wasn't there and then she looked and she saw me like running off stage and so she ran off too and our dance captain mark myers was in the audience and he thought he saw her run off he didn't see me run off he saw her run off and was like, oh, God, she's hurt. And so he runs backstage and sees that I'm hurt. And all of a sudden, him, he has to go into the show three minutes later. Like, in a, in a track he's never rehearsed or no, oh never done God. anything. And um, I'm backstage, like, whimpering because my shoulders, like, I can see it out of the socket. Like, I can't move it. My whole arm's numb. Like, I can see, like, fireworks in my eyes. It's crazy. <laughs> um it was like the crazy grinding noise of like when your bone is on bone and like, cause it was like teetering on the socket. It was like not, it, it wasn't like, it wasn't like a, I don't know. I don't, it, it, I don't know the, the, the way the dislocation worked. Like the bone was literally just sitting on the oh. edge of the socket. And if it sits there for a long time, you'll get like a divot in the shoulder bone, which will cause you to have dislocations a lot after that. But luckily there was a girl in the cast who, ran over to me and she was like, squeeze my hand, squeeze my hand, because she had had a lot of shoulder dislocations. She was like, squeeze it, squeeze it, squeeze it. And I saw so I was squeezing her arm and just the tension of the muscles trying to tense up popped itself, it popped itself back into place. Oh, wow. And it was like the craziest feeling of euphoria. Like I was, I was sitting, like tears rolling down my eyes. I was like, I just, I, I knew as soon as I did it, I dislocated my shoulder. So I run off stage, I go into like the back hallway area where you can't hear us. And, um, and the feeling from going from a dislocation back, putting it back into place, 
that feeling, I was it was it was one of the greatest feelings I've ever felt. Like I, I want to find that again without <laughs> dislocating. Like it was crazy. Um, and I remember I remember going, oh my, oh 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 my god, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, guys. And I went to lift my arm, and I like jolted into pain because I had like torn oh. torn stuff in my shoulder. So that rehab process was kind of crazy. Um, I never got to go back into the show. Oh, you ever. didn't? No, ever. So that was, I, I opened the show, did it for a week, and then dunzos. Um, I went and did rehab. I didn't, I never ended up having surgery because the rehab was um, so solid. Um, it was like all Pilates based and stuff like that. And um, it was just, I, I, yeah, I never had that um, that surgery, which was nice. I was, I was kind of nervous about the surgery because like all the doctors I went to see and all the surgeons they were like it could tighten you up a lot you might not have as big of a range of motion and I was like I can't I can't do that yeah. I have to try to heal this on my own um, and so I worked really hard at it I did PT five times a week or five days a week twice a day and just like really 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 went ham into it and uh, um, it ended up working out so my shoulders back to back to good and it obviously didn't interfere with your relationship with Casey. Uh, Casey, ah, Andy, Andy, because uh, your next no, show was was Bring It On. Um, a few years later, I did Bring It On with him. Um, and uh, it was, yeah. Or did I, you go on the West Side Story tour? Well, after that, I ended up. Um, I I basically almost had, I almost had like a year off of performing because of the healing, and then. Once I got back into New York, I just focused on taking dance classes and just finding like my confidence in dancing again. Because you know, if you hurt yourself while you're dancing, you're gonna have a fear there. Absolutely. And so I, I was just in class two, once twice a day, um, just taking from my favorite teachers and everything, and just who are your favorite teachers? I'm just. Uh, I was taking my favorite class in New York, bar none, was uh, Jason Parsons' class at um, <clears throat> at Steps. Actually, he was teaching at Steps. He was teaching at Perry Dance. He was teaching all over, but his class was unbelievable. I don't think he... He's not teaching in the city right now that I know of, which really sucks. I think he's doing... Um, uh, like, he's teaching on convention and stuff right now and then working on... I don't know what he's working on, actually. Right. I wish he was teaching so. Right. No, um, I used to take from Andy before he was a choreographer when he was just beginning yeah. teaching. Yeah. Oh, so, man, I wish I could have been there for I that. I mean, but I'm young, so... I mean, I feel you. Yeah, it was like <laughs> two years ago. Two years ago. Uh, <laughs> But so then you got to do the West Side Story tour. Yeah. Well, I, I before that though, because I, I I booked the West Side tour. It was crazy. But I, before that, after I was doing all this dancing, I found out that I was going to be an all star in So You Think You Can Dance, which was like oh, was like a brand new thing. Very cool. Yeah, it was like a brand new thing. Um, they wanted to bring in. They wanted to sort of change up the 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 stuff, the show a little bit. You know, bring some fire to it, and they they brought in former contestants who are now professional dancers in to dance with the contestants all season. So instead of having a top 20, they just had a top 10, actually they had a top 11 that year. Um, they just had a top 11 that year and they had the contestants always dancing with the all-stars that year. So we got to come back as like professional dancers and dance with them and everything. So that brought me back out to LA. And, um, so that was maybe three months time. And then, um, I didn't end up going on the uh, the like the All Star tour or whatever, and I was kind of getting a little sad and depressed in LA because you know it's just different and my friends aren't all there and and so I took a trip back to New York for a week, and when I was in New York, somebody on the West Side tour had um, 
in their final like in studio performance for the producers had uh, like torn his calf or popped something mm. in his calf. It was crazy. And so the next day, I get a call that day. They're saying, "Hey, what's what's your what's your deal? Are you in New York? What's happening?" And I was like, "Actually, I am in New York. I'm here on vacation." And I go in and I uh, sing for the music director the next day, and um, I end up talking to the choreographer. And um, I don't think they danced me that day. Um, I don't I don't think I ended up dancing for the audition because I, I had known them or I don't know what it was. But then in the middle of my vacation, two days later, I fly to Detroit. I learn the show in the lobby and then I learn it, learn the dances in the lobby and go and tech it in costume. And it was because it was a week before performances wow, were starting. Yeah. So this is the second time this had happened. Um, and so I, was, I flew to Detroit in the middle of my vacation and for the next two months, I was just working with like a week's worth of clothes <laughs> um, in Detroit. And then we, we ended up doing uh, five different cities. Three of them were in, it was like three of them were San Francisco for a month, LA for a month and San Diego for a week. And that was my, la- I did like the first three or four months of the tour until the kid came back. Um, it was great. It was, it was a great experience. Um, that cast was really, really cool. Um, a lot of talented people, but uh, that was, yeah, that was another like quick injury, like uh, replace. I replaced somebody super quickly, and it's yeah, it's just it's nice to know that that you can be there for people when they need you to be. You know right. what I mean? Like become a last minute person, like you know, because even if you aren't cast right away, I, I had never auditioned for this one in general, but. Um, even if you aren't cast right away, there's always a chance you'll be repl- like a replacement. You know, you have to always keep your mind open to stuff like that. Too. Oh, absolutely. You have one of my favorite qualities in a male dancer because you're able to be graceful and masculine at the same time. Mm. Uh, how was it doing Jerome Robbins' original choreography? It was cool. It was exhausting. Um, yeah, dude. The the cool dance was was just like it was it, it, it was so hard. Like it was it was. It was incredible doing it every night because you had to be like fully warmed up. We'd go in and like uh, we'd probably be there a half hour before the show warming up or 45 minutes before the show like doing full ballet bars and stuff like that. And you had to be that warmed up. And that's the kind like I love doing shows like that where you like you have to treat your body so well. Or if you don't like if you don't, if you aren't warm for doing West Side, you will definitely get hurt. Yeah. No, no. Like there's shows you can do that you don't really have to do a full warm up. You just need to. Pop your hips, stretch your hammies, and warm up your shoulders, and you know you'll be good. But that this is the kind of show where you have to like, you have to do it a hundred percent. And yeah, it was cool though. Yeah, because for me, when I see that show, and I've seen it a lot, there's nothing worse than seeing a Nelly gang member, and it sounds terrible. Yeah, but um, no, I, I can say that. But like, do you? I mean, what do you do? I mean, is does the masculinity and the grace come naturally to you, or is there? I mean, is it just? Uh, I think I was afraid to be graceful when I was a kid because of that that factor, and I like I never wanted to do like the lyrical dances at the dance studio and stuff like that. I just wanted to do jazz and acro and hip hop and stuff like that. Um, and I think finally when I when I started studying ballet more intensely, I was like, oh, you can be strong and also soft. Like there's there is that possibility, and you can find those those types of things and like. With Westside, I remember being backstage and you said, like, you, you don't want to see a soft jet or no. somebody on stage. I remember <laughs> before the show would start, we would all stand in a line and somebody would just come down and just 
punch our shoulders so hard and it would just like it would like fire you up so <laughs> like we would we wouldn't have fist fights backstage but it would be like the kind of thing where like you're throwing punches at each other's shoulders and chest and like just that like tension that gives you i'm not recommending the people punch oh, each no, other backstage but, but we did yeah and it 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 gets you that gets you going for that kind of show oh no absolutely <laughs> absolutely and so then a completely different type of show would be being going from being a gang member to being mm-hmm. a cheerleader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For bringing it on. Yes. Um, nice segue. Thank you. Yeah, well done. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, uh, well, there's that too because there's the stigma with cheerleaders where even I probably had that where like, oh, you just think it's uh, cheer- all cheerleaders are sissies. And then all of a sudden I started rehearsal for Bring It On and these guys are like beasts. Like they were, they were my size or bigger and they were taking these girls from the waist and throwing them up over their head and catching them in one hand. And I was like, oh, wow, these guys are pretty incredible. Yeah. And, you know, I'm trying to hold my own and trying to be like, oh, I can, I can try to do this stuff too. And, like, no. They were like, no, Neil, don't even try. Any tr- like, you, we're not teaching anybody new things. So we would do, like, partner stunts. I think the hardest thing I had to do, and it ended up getting taken out during previews, I had to take a girl's foot. She put her foot in my hand. And then from like standing, I would take her from my waist and pop her up over my head and she'd do a 360 up. I'd put my other hand underneath that hand and then somebody else would catch her other foot on the other side. I, I wow. forget what it was. It was like a, it was like a three, I think it was called like a 360 to extension or something like that for the proper cheerleading terms. Wow. Um, that's probably wrong though. Um, and that ended up getting cut during previews because, like, we had a couple close calls. It was very scary. Like, that was probably my, the most, like, nerve-wracking part of my show. And it was, like, 30 seconds in. Oh. And we were supposed to, <laughs> yeah. And we were supposed to be, like, super precise, too. Like, we were, like, we were the ish, you know. And, like, our school was. And so we were, we were supposed to be, like, perfect. And the whole song was about being perfect and just being the best and all this stuff. And so there were a couple times where that lift didn't go up and there were, there were a couple things that got changed but I remember like her slipping out of like either mine or my partner's hands and like us catching her by like the chest or by the neck like it was it was crazy that lift was bananas for somebody doing like I learned it a week before that and then we're trying to throw it in so there was some crazy crazy stuff that happened but um, that show ended up just throughout the tour and through the Broadway run we, we all focused on safety um, if something wasn't going to happen, it wasn't going to happen safely, we weren't going to let it happen at all. And it, w- it was kind of an intense experience because there would be a lot of like battles between dance captains and management and all this stuff about like why certain things couldn't happen certain nights and because of injuries or, or fears and stuff like that. And it, there was a lot of like, there was a lot of clashes that way, but the show itself was incredibly like... It was it was stunning. Like it was it was so cool to see all these like these these girls would fly up in the air and do double double twisting backflips and then just being caught and then being thrown into another thing like a front flip across the stage into another guy's arms. Like the choreography, the mixing of the dance, the choreo, and the storytelling was just so cool. And that was also Andy, and he brought in you know like a cheer consultant to help him out with that stuff to make it look legit and. I think a third of the cast were like national champion collegiate cheerleaders. Oh, okay. They they mixed in, um, like a third of the cast was collegiate cheerleaders. A third were dancers, and then the third were singers. Really, um, so it was like it's and everybody had to learn everything. Wow. 
Um, like our dance captain, Michael, he had never done a backflip. He had to do a standing back talking show, and he learned it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, it's just people were learning things left and right for the show, and people were just doing everything they could for the show, and it was just fun. One thing that's different that you might have learned is you came back to Broadway, and you weren't in the ensemble. You were a principal. How was that coming back to Broadway as a principal? It was cool. I mean... It was it it was cool because you're like ooh I'm a principal this is cool but it was also <laughs> weird because as a principal I wasn't able to be in the ensemble dances and so oh. my character wasn't wasn't I I don't think I had to dance in that show I had to do a cheer I had to do like a few cheerleading numbers but I never got to do like the cool Andy Blankenbuehler choreo like the dances I didn't dance and then I covered. Um, the other male lead, who was basically just like a, it, it, the role was kind of like a sing and park type. Uh, what did, how do they bark and park? Bark and park. A bark yeah. and park. <laughs> it was kind of like that. He would sing like this five minute ballad, and he would he was like the like the, the cool like dopey kid at the other school who the the lead girl fell in love with, and so I got to play it from both sides of the relationship. I dated this girl in the beginning. And then I break up with her, and then he dates her at the other school when when she goes there. Yeah. So no matter what, I was still dating this girl on stage, which was kind of kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, no, I never got to do like I really I hardly even danced in that show, which was crazy because of like yeah. union rules. I don't know how that works. You can't be a character and then be an ensemble dancer unless you're in your own character, right? Because then you're yeah. Some I don't know what I don't know how that works. You do, but I don't. Um, uh, but so after. After the Bring It On experience, mm-hmm. um, you left New I, York? Yeah, I went back out to L.A. This is like my third time moving out there, which was crazy. Um, I went back out there for a year. Um, and it was it was an interesting year. I did you know a bunch of like random jobs here and there. I just never really fell in love with the work out in L.A. Because it would be, you know, I'd work for a week at a time and then have a month off. And it was just, it made me feel like I was like retired and I was wasting my, my like, quote unquote good years I don't know so I, it was like really it was making me like very like weary about you know questioning why I was even out there and then moving back to New York in uh, but you also said I mean this might be too personal that you actually like went through a lot of like you said you'd go to the beach and just really think about your life and your yeah. future and stuff like that yeah no it was just it, I, 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 I had never been like depressed but like LA sort of like because of, I don't know if it was because of the job or like just because of like the seclusion of LA and always being in your car and not being, not bumping into people on 8th and 9th Ave, you know, not, not bumping into people like you would in, if you're in New York, you're, you're living a much more like secluded life. And it was, it was like, it was kind of depressing. And I know a lot of people who love it out there. I just, I loved the weather. I loved the sights. I loved, I loved hiking. I loved, I loved going and I, I, I did CrossFit for a year and a half out there, which was <laughs> really intense. And, um, I'm gonna have to CrossFit after these cookies. Yeah. This is so good, right? <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I, I would go to the beach and I would just like sit there and be like, just so contemplative of like, what am I doing out here? Why aren't I in New York? I could be doing a show in New York and all that sort of stuff. And, one day I was just like, I was just, I just, I was just so fed up with it. I was like, you know what? As soon as I can like sell everything here in LA, I'm going to, I'm going to leave. And, uh, so I sold all my furniture and my car in like a week 
And I flew to New York like the next day, and I moved moved back. And how long did it take for you to book another job? A half a minute? <laughs> uh, no, I got back in April, and I was, um, I think I booked Cinderella on July 3rd. Um, I think I did, like, I don't know what I was doing for the first month or two. Probably just bumming around. Just bumming around. Just meet, yeah, just hanging out with all my old friends, yeah. which is totally worth it. Oh, absolutely. Um, um, yeah, but no, I think I booked Cinderella on July 3rd as a swing. Which is, which is the hardest job, dude, on Broadway. For real. Like, I don't care what anybody says, that's, it's, it's the hardest and it's the most, like, it's, the, it's like the least appreciative job you can ever have. Like, I, I had to cover, I had to cover eight people, eight of the guys in the ensemble, and I remember going into it, I went into the first rehearsal I was confused as to what the job actually was. <laughs> I thought I was covering three people because the, the contract said, you know, you're covering the, the, the forest creature, the footman, and, um, and the raccoon or whatever, and, and, then, and, then, and then various parts or whatever. I thought that was like, oh, I'm learning, you know, three people's tracks. This is cool. I'd never seen the show. Um, and... Uh, I go into my first rehearsal and they were like, all right, cool. So this is your first track. You're going to have four primary covers and four secondary covers. And I was like, what is that? What? <laughs> I was like, and in my head, I was like, there's no way I'd ever have to go on for this. Uh, secondary. Yeah. Right. No way. Right. I think I had, I think I, I went on for my secondary covers more than I went on for my primary covers. Wait, did you say you actually went on for female tracks as well? Yeah. I went on for one of the girl tracks um, because they had, they had like, they were going to have, a cut show on the girl side because there were like three girls out sick or one girl had a personal day that was already approved months in advance and then two girls were out sick and they needed they needed the bodies on stage for all these stuff so pretty much whatever she didn't whenever she wasn't wearing a dress or waltzing with a man I went on for that and it was for the Wednesday night show and during the Wednesday matinee before the show they were like so we might need you to go on for Kendall I was like derp what um and they're like, can you watch the show today, track her, trailer backstage, and then we'll see what where we can plug you in tonight. And I was like, what will I be wearing? And they were like, <laughs> you know, we'll just make a mishmash. We just we literally just made like a mishmash of my costumes and and it was like whatever. I think I did like the opening number was like the biggest thing. They needed the bodies for that, and uh, I, th- I think there was one or two other sections that I went on for. So yeah, it was it like as a swing, you're you're always on call but there would be like a month at a time where I didn't go yeah. on at all which drove me bananas what? like I would and you still have to show up to the theater every night eight times a week sit in the swing room or watch the show or try to not go crazy right but yeah it, it was it was it was wild um, and then didn't you say that when Nikki Nani rose like sometimes she didn't even recognize you when you went on oh not Nikki no, not, not her what's uh, her name Nini Leakes Nini <laughs> oh god yeah no um she had just come into the show and she was rehearsing for two or three weeks without the cast and then we did her put-ins and i was i was you know i was i did both of her put-ins as two of the characters or whatever and then um uh, maybe a week or two into um her run um you know i'm always around the theater always saying hi to everybody but um i'm on stage I was on stage with her. It was one of the first times I was on stage with her in during the show. And after the show, I had my friends 
on the stage, you know, saying hi to other cast members and whatnot. And she walks past and I was like, hey, it was great sharing the stage with you tonight. And she was like, and she looks at me like sort of sideways. And she was like, hi, do I, do I know you? And I was like, oh, God. Uh, and I was like, yeah, no, I was in the thing. I just did the, okay, I'm Neil. Hi, I'm Neil. It was, it was horrifying. Because my friends were standing right behind me like, Embarrassed for you. Oh my god, they were peeing their pants. They <laughs> thought it was the funniest, most horrifying thing ever. But whatever, I mean... Yeah. Whatever. Right, so this next question is great. like, is no disrespect to swinging, because it's really hard, no disrespect mm-hmm. to Cinderella. Yeah. Um, but, like, I know I've had, like, some major ego blows in my career that I've had to deal with. <clears throat> I mean, you went from, like, being, a, like, a finalist on So You Think You Could Dance. Sure. And then years later, you're a principal in Bring It On. And then you're not being recognized by people you you work with in Cinderella. Yeah. And I mean, and I've just met you shortly after that, and you seem like you're a pretty great, easygoing, confident guy. But that, sure. I mean, this business can wreck your ego. I mean, how how have you survived? I mean, there's a lot of ebbs and flows, and you just sort of have to like, yeah, you just sort of have to let that happen. I mean, I'm not your average musical theater performer you know I feel like I have a lot of attributes that other people don't have and a lot of other people have attributes that I don't have um, so I know and I have to know that I'm not always going to be the leading man unless it's like the right type of show um, and so with with Cinderella you know I, I it, this I could have sat around for the next six months waiting for a show to be like we want to give Neil a speaking role and all that and let him play a principal part or six months maybe three years like I could have waited around forever but I'm like I came back to New York to perform and that's what I love to do and and this is a challenge and this is going to be fantastic and it was it was was definitely one of the best decisions I had made oh absolutely um, to to take this on because I mean honestly when when it was when after audition the job was offered to me I did take I think I, I think I got a call in the morning and I was like, okay, I need to I need to you know think about all the stuff happening and everything. And I think it took me like six or seven hours to like fully decide to to take it because I don't want to I don't want to take a job that I'm going to hate or that I'm going to be like that somebody else would love to have more than me. Um, and I decided to take it and I think it was I, I I just wanted to be like up for the challenge. And I think that sort of like leveled me out where I was like honestly the only difference between being a principal and being in the ensemble is where you bow really in the end I mean you're both on stage everybody's watching you they're singing songs you're doing the dances they're saying the lines you're telling the story through movement you know and you're sort of backing them up and it's it's not there's no I don't think there's there should be an ego ego involved but there always is because, you know, that starts with like doing school, doing musicals in middle school. You know, people are like, oh, I got the lead. And they're like, oh, you're in the ensemble. You know, it, that starts at such an early age. And I think I've come to the point in my career where I'm like, I don't care what I'm doing as long as I'm doing it and I'm doing something. Um, the world needs more of you. Because that's, uh, that, no, no, I'm serious. That's the attitude that you should have. I mean, I have that attitude now. But I don't think I had that attitude when I was younger. And I, I was definitely like, didn't have that attitude, like, in 
previous years. You yeah. know, I would, I would, I would definitely turn down some really like fantastic jobs because I was like, oh, this isn't, I'm, I'm too good for that. And in turning them down, I realized that that was the person I didn't want to be. And those were the jobs that I really probably would have loved. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I, you still, I think you still have to be, you still have to be picky and choosy about what jobs you take, but don't let your ego get involved. Just make it be something where you, if you think you'll, if you think you're going to love it, do it. If you think it's going to make you miserable, don't do it. Let the next person do it. Why, why bring that into the, why bring that into the cast, you know? Yeah. No, cause you do have a joy about just your performance. You I mean, it's, I mean, everyone says that I had friends who saw you recently and they, we're such a fan of you, and so you think you can dance, which is fun because they were like, "It's so great to see him do it." And I mean, and your double tours are are phenomenal. Oh, thanks, Steve. I mean, I know when I met you, I was <clears throat> I was at an audition and I was completely nervous. Yeah, and you were too. so nice though <laughs> that it calmed me down, mm-hmm. and I would have never known that you were nervous. And then like now we got to know each other, and you yeah. tell me that you get nervous all the time. Yeah, you don't ever like why is like it? You're nervous. But why am I always at an audition with just one other person? It was know. just me and you. <laughs> You're right. And I was like, oh, it's down to the two of us. We're not even similar <laughs> not at all. That's true. And it was just the two of us. It really wasn't down to the two of us. It was just But we both got sure. it. Hey. Hey. We just high five. We just high five. Uh, <laughs> but and I just like the fact that you uh, you say that you definitely get nervous and oh stuff. Oh, my God, like, yeah. Because it, no matter how, how much success you have, it's still something that you have to constantly deal with. Yeah, I mean, even like you see... You can see people backstage, principals in, in shows and stuff, and they'll be like in their heads backstage, like running lines, making sure they know things, singing through their songs before the show. Like, you know, everybody gets nervous. Everybody, if you don't have the nerves, if you don't have the butterflies, like, what's the point of even doing it? No. That's the that's some of the best parts. Like, if there was an opening night of a show, and I didn't have nerves or butterflies, I would pro I would probably have to like question my like love for this stuff, you know. I mean, granted, like, a month into the run, you're not going to have, like, butterflies every night, but you'll still have, like, that, like, like, you'll have to, like, keep yourself calm and have to, like, you know, you'll still have to be focused, but you're not going to have the butterflies anymore. But if, if you're, if you aren't nervous on opening night, I want to know how you do that. Oh, I do, too. I do, too. Well, we're kind of wrapping this up, but what is, like, uh, do you have a maintenance program or anything like that? Do you still, do you constantly take dance classes or, I mean? Uh, I love taking dance classes. It's, when when I'm out of town, like we are right now, we're in Atlanta, um, I don't, it's it's harder to find that sort of thing. Right. So I, I just do my own thing at the gym um, and then just, like, try to live a little through the choreography on stage and make sure, you know, things feel good. Um, and I guess it's just, you know, getting warm before the show at the gym or, um, you know, going to the theater a little bit early. I'd rather do it at the gym just because when you're in, in most theaters, there's not enough room to, to warm up. And this, this theater has, it. this theater has an incredible space, the Alliance, but it's also like, it's like a, a wooden floor and you're like, I don't really know if I want to be dancing on that with all these like paint cans in the background <laughs> like all the chemicals <laughs> um, so I'd rather get warm at the gym and then go to the go to the theater just before half hour um, at least right now but in New York I, I'll, I'll try to take like a 10 a.m. ballet class once or twice a week just to like make sure my body's 10 a.m. yeah wow yeah that's great 
Um, at, for a while, actually, when I first moved back to New York last March or last April, um, I I wanted to like just go slow with my dancing and everything. And I was taking a 9 a.m. ballet class at Broadway Dance Center, and it was like it was like an advanced beginner class. There was only like nine people in there, but it was so slow and like so you could like just go through the movement and articulate so well. It was just, I mean, ballet of any level will get you warm unless it's way over your head. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> but I think those are those are great. I I don't know. There's a great class at City Center that is at 10 a.m. I think too, every day. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of great classes in the city, and yoga is great too. I'm gonna try some CrossFit again when I get back to make sure to see if I even like it anymore. Right. Um, I don't know. There's I feel like I like to do a lot of different things, and I don't always keep doing the same thing. You know, right. I'll probably do CrossFit for a month or two or three, and then go do some Bikram yoga for the next month, and just sort of like keep my body guessing. And I think that sort of helps. Yeah. Well, this question, I actually didn't write on it, but I just thought of yeah. it right now. Um, so you've had some funny stories about understudying in a ballet company once, and now you're understudying right now. I yeah. mean, I, I think as an ensemble member, you get stuck, sometimes stuck, or I love understudying, and some people hate it, mm -hmm. um, being an understudy. Yeah. I mean, where, where do you fall on the lines? I mean, the one time when you... That ballet story was funny, but I mean, where do you lie now about understudying? Or I guess um, now you have to tell the ballet story because oh, the, the, it was <laughs> I, I was understudying a ballet in college, and it I did not want to. I did not want to understudy, so I don't I don't think I ever learned it. I was such an ass, <laughs> um, but I never had to go on anyway. So, um, but no, understudying now is um, it's interesting because it's sort of like. It keeps you in the eyes of people being like, oh, can he do this? You know, you always want to make sure that people know that you're able to do it. Um, it is a lot more time consuming than just doing your thing. You have to show up to the rehearsal or you have to show up and rehearse every week as well, even when you're running. <clears throat> but um, I think it's it's definitely a worthwhile thing to do. Um, if, you, if you're asked to understudy, I'd say definitely always take it. Because if you don't, you'll look kind of like a douche. Well, I think um, if you're asked cast, you have to. Is it? Is yeah. that? Is that the deal? Yeah. Sometimes you can't say no. <laughs> sadly. Oh, but, anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, I, I know, yeah. Sadly. I mean, I think it's it's definitely it's definitely a positive thing to be asked. Right. Um, occasionally, it might feel like it's cramping your style because it takes up so much time, and it's you're always a little bit on edge. It's not as bad as swinging, but like there was a little bit on edge. You don't right. know if that person's gonna get stuck in traffic or the trains aren't gonna work and they aren't gonna be able to get to the theater and then you're thrown on last minute or something like that, you know, um, but. I, I think it's I think it's good. It it works another muscle, and it gets you ready to possibly have a role of your own later on, you know, and just sort of gets you ready for that. And if I, don't, I mean, everybody wants to have that like Sutton Foster moment where you like take over for the lead, and you're you know you're like the next big star. And that's never what I'm like going for for understudy stuff. But I always like to show people that I could I can do the role, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's, I'm, I'm not going to do it the same as the person who's doing it. We're obviously different people. Um, but it's, it's definitely like a, it's definitely like a, an extra, extra muscle you get to, um, you get to work out and it's, it's fun. So is there anything that I've, I, a story that I, you want to <laughs> tell or a um, joke, one of your good jokes? Oh, or? my good jokes. See, I can never do jokes on the spot. I, somebody has to say something stupid, or somebody has to say something, and I like, I'm like, oh, you said this, and it's funny. 
These it was punny. Uh, um, if not, that's great. I know one yeah. thing. I usually am ending this now. If uh, if you could pick a song from any of the shows that you've done, that is your favorite song that you've sung or whatever. And if I if I figure out ever how to plug a song in at yeah. the end of the podcast, what would it be? Um, I would say, why not go with something from my first show, and make it like a Rolling Stone. Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan? Yeah. Papa was a Rolling Stone? I, no, no. I, I, it wasn't called like a Rolling Stone, but it was like, like a Rolling Stone, how does it feel? How does it feel? How does it feel? Excellent. Be on your own. So we'll end on that. Oh, you have to do one chewy, chewy sound for me. What do you mean? <laughs> one of those? Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. High Thanks, five. High Thank five. you, Neil Haskell. Course, Neil David. Dress so fine, through the bumps of dime in your prime. Then you, people call, say beware, doll, you're bound to fall. You thought they were all I'm kidding you. You used to laugh about everybody that was hanging out. So loud Now you don't Seem so proud About having to be Scrounging Your next
nation Let other people get your kicks for you You used to ride on a chrome horse with your diplomat Who carried on his shoulder a Siamese cat Ain't it hard when you discover that Secrets to conceal 